Hi, it's Loes Adegeest. You're listening to the Quick Link podcast. It's my great pleasure to be joined by my first guest, who is a world champion, no less. Um, it's Loes Adegeest. Uh, I hope I got that right. Um, I'm sure she'll let me know if I didn't. Um, hello. Hi. Um, yeah. It's uh, Loes Adegeest, but I know it's hard to pronounce. <laughs> With some practice, I will get that right, I promise you. Um, obviously, congratulations on becoming world champion. That was only on, on Saturday, um, just gone. Like, um, We'll go into a bit more depth in a bit, but how like, how does it feel to be a world champion? Yeah, first of all, thanks. Uh, of course, uh, yeah, it felt a bit unreal in the moment and it still does a bit but it also feels really great of course um yeah it it was a goal for me and it just feels really good when a plan comes together and everything works out and you have good legs on the good day yeah i mean at the time you you said that it was kind of like a better than a dream come true um because like you dreamt that you'd get beaten um, which yeah. is an odd dream to have. Um, like, has it actually started to sink in, or like, is it? Do you still feel like you're dreaming a little bit? Yeah, it was kind of kind of hectic because I had a road race yesterday, so it was yeah, it was a bit strange. I wanted to enjoy the title, but I also had the road road race in my mind, so I had to prepare for that and. Now it started to sink in a bit. Uh, now I have some rest days. And... Yeah, so obviously that road race was uh, Les Amandes Dam, um, which was yesterday as we were recording this. Like, How did that race go? And obviously it, it must be different to race on Zwift on a Saturday and then on some nasty cobbles uh, in the middle of Belgium on a, on a Tuesday. It's uh, very different uh, for sure. It's uh, it was a hectic race with many crashes, and I had a mechanical and a puncture. So it uh, yeah, luck wasn't on my side. <laughs> but, uh, the legs felt great, so I'm looking forward to the next races. Yeah, yeah, what have you got coming up in terms of next races? Um, I'm racing Utingen and Dwarfstroom Vlaanderen. Okay. Well, some more races in Belgium. Lovely. Um, if if I may, um, I'd like to go back to sort of your beginnings. Like, how did you actually get into cycling? Like, obviously, you're from the Netherlands, I assume. Like, it, it's almost in the blood. Um, but yeah, what was that journey like for you? Yeah, everyone learns to ride a bike, but it's different than racing, of course. Mm. Um, I started with speed skating, and I started cycling around twelve. When I was 12, I think, and intentionally it was only for training for speed skating, but I liked the races very much. So soon I started racing as well. Oh wow, that's yeah. I, I, to be honest, I didn't expect um, to hear the the speed skating into. Um, I mean, I should have expected it. Like Jumbo Visma have have a speed skating team, so it's not unheard of, but. Yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. Um, like, what made you then go, uh, like, what about racing made you 
really fall in love with it. Um, yeah, I just like the competition. I could only do speed skating races during winter, of course. And I did some running when I was young in the summer, but I just like the speed of the bike and you come to much more places there. You can go for longer rides than with running. And yeah, I just like the speed and the, the little game it is to race a bike. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously a lot is, is dependent on, um, kind of strategy as well. Um, it's not all with the legs. Um, so yeah, um, obviously you're Zwift world champion. Like, how did you get into that aspect of things? Is that quite a, a new thing for you because of the pandemic or was it something you'd done before then and it just happened to, to gain in popularity? I did it just a few times before and it was a bit, yeah, I had a bad road season. I went back to a club team and then during winter I wanted to train and yeah, my, my boyfriend uh, races a lot on Swift. He already did back then. And yeah, he basically said, yeah, sh you should try. And But I didn't like it in the beginning and I got dropped. And <laughs> I was like, I go back to training and just racing is nothing for me. But then I tried again when uh, there were no road races because of the pandemic. And then I started to like it because I started to get the tactics and know the game a bit okay so is it vastly different like i'm i've never done a zwift race i've watched a few but i've never actually been involved in one like how does it differ from road racing um i think the back dynamics are a bit yeah you have to get the feeling for uh how the bots you put into the trainer affects the movements of the of your avatar. Mm. And on the road, you you immediately feel what you're doing. If you push harder, you go faster. But that immediately the, the immediate feedback isn't there on Swift. It's so you have to get the feeling and know what how it reacts. Okay. And in the end, I think it's similar to road racing because it's as a bit similar tactical things and positioning in the pack, but of course it also is different because you don't have to good be good in steering and bike handling and those kind of things. Yeah, I guess aerodynamics but, don't play a, a factor. Like although they do, they're kind of normalized. Like yeah, they, gonna... they do play a factor, but you. Uh, you can't get more arrow on Swift by riding in the drops, of course. Yeah. Or by adjusting your position on the bike. So it's just uh, it's just a number based on your height, and that's it. Yeah, I mean there is one way to get more arrow, and that's through one of the sort of power ups. Um, what are the sort of different power ups? And I guess as a follow up, like which one's your favorite one to use? Um, there are three power-ups that are most commonly used and there are some more, but they are not used that often. So the three most common are the, the van, the draft, actually, 
Um, and the arrow, that's the helmet, and the feather, which makes you a rider. Um, it depends a bit on the course, what's my favorite. On a course like the World's course, it's decided on a steep climb, so then the feather is most useful. But on a, in a sprint, then, of course, the arrow, and you can also get away with the draft. Okay, it's all like interesting. Like, have you ever been riding, like, I don't know, up the Murder Hoy and gone, ah, oh, I really wish I had that feather right now? <laughs> or does that just not happen? Or, yeah, it, it would be useful, of course. Um, yeah, it just it doesn't occur to me when I ride there because it's just it's so different that you don't think about it, but yeah. Of course, it would be nice if it's if it would exist. Well, yeah, that wouldn't it just? Um, obviously, like in the lead up to the worlds, you'd had a few victories. I saw you won the uh, selection race, I believe, um, that got you into it. Um, sort of qualification race. Yeah, um, I didn't. I did the European qualification race, and I didn't win that, but I got qualified there. Okay. And then I just joined the national qualification race just as a good training, and I won that one. But I was okay. already quite so. Oh, that's all right then. Um, like, did and you said obviously you'd identified it as a goal. Did you feel any pressure going into it, thinking that, you know, I've I've made this my goal. Um, potentially, I'm a favourite because I've won a, a, a Premier League. Or, you know, I wouldn't the national qualifying. It changed a bit during the last weeks towards the event because first I thought the climb would be too hard for me to win. So I had set my goal on top five, maybe podium. But then I had a good training camp with my road team and I had good races with the Swift team, the Aeonian team. And yeah, then... After I got back from the training camp, I did some training rides on the on the course and I really felt improvements. And then I started to think, yeah, maybe I can win this because now my numbers have improved and I know my tactics is tactics are good with the Swift team. We have a very good tactical uh, <laughs> advisor. So um and then I also started to feel some pressure because I knew it would be possible. And then then the pressure comes and the nerves come. <laughs> yeah, of course. And like speaking of tactics, like what was like? Did the Dutch team have a tactic to to set it all up for you, or was it kind of every woman for herself? Like, how did that play out? Yeah, we talked a bit about it, but uh, actually, we just decided to just go all for themselves because it's a hard course and it's hard to do really team tactics and. We didn't expect to be with the whole team in the final, so you can't play it like USA did it. They had a bigger team and they really had team tactics with attacks. Mm, they had a but lot of attacks. We were strong enough as a team to do it, so yeah, it was just all for themselves. And if you can help someone, yeah, do it. But we didn't have real team tactics. Okay. Um... I found it interesting because I watched some of it back today. Um, and like certainly in the early stages oh, so of the coverage, um, 
which was from about 20 kilometers in like i don't think i saw you in the top 10 for you know for a good 10 kilometers was that a, a sort of conscious decision by you to just always sit back and just wait or like how what were your plans going in yeah i uh, just wanted to save uh, as much energy as I could. So I think I raced really efficient and I, yeah, the, I thought I saw the, the other teams reacted to the attack. So I knew I had to react if, if a group was going, but if a lonely rider was in front and I just let it like it that and moment Basio was closing some gaps and I only thought yeah just close the gaps just spend your energy yeah well what's it like racing against um Ashley Mormon Passio because obviously a lot of people will know her from the road um and she was last year's world champion like do you feel like the spotlight goes on her when uh, like you know did that potentially draw some of the pressure away from you um, yeah, I think so. Would... Yeah, also in the previous day, it's it was all about Moore and Basio and a bit like all, a bit about other riders, but the focus was on her. And yeah, I think that was in my favor because and and she took her responsibility to close the gap. She she also could have just waited in the back to other bigger teams would close the gaps but yeah she didn't no, i mean it, it worked for you so yeah it worked for me uh, yeah oh bro um i guess now you've won you get well do you get a world championships jersey like cause on the road and in time trials it's really obvious but how's it work for the zwift world champion who's, who's yeah, winning a, think... you know virtual world I think it will be sent by by post. So just one day I will open my mailbox, I think, and I have it there. I don't know, but you get a real jersey. And um, I think they only uh, send it after they check the trainers. We have to send the trainer back for for check. Oh, wow. So you actually have to send the proper turbo, like, yeah. and post that yeah. over to them. Wow. Yeah, so they can check if you didn't, uh, I don't know, put a motor in it or... God, that's crazy. But obviously your avatar gets gets a little jersey as well, yeah, uh, from yeah. what I've heard. Um, has that already happened yet or are you still waiting no, for not everything? Yet. I, yeah, I think they wait for the verification or something. I don't know, I will see. Okay. And like do you get to wear like do you have to be on the turbo to be allowed to wear the jersey or are you allowed to do like training rides and still wear yeah, it yeah i'm i'm afraid so and it would i don't know it would feel strange to go on the roads in in that jersey because it feels like it isn't mine there yeah perhaps um oh this is really interesting like hopefully it, it arrives soon um i'm sure that's like super exciting i've seen the sort of rough design from from previous years and it looks like a really interesting one um so yeah that's awesome um yeah the, there's a lot talked about the uh, swift academy obviously that's a route that jay vine took to get to alpsin fenix and your compatriot uh Maud Alderman is with the canyon shram team um via that route is that something you've sort of 
looked at before or, or is that um, part of your plans i looked at it but i'm not allowed to to uh, compete because i did some world tour races on the road already and then you are not allowed anymore oh gosh okay so, yeah <laughs> I, I didn't even realize gosh um that's yeah that's, that's thrown me for a loop wow um yeah, so find a world tour team in another race. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I guess it does show that that there's multiple routes to the top, um, uh, and obviously, being world champion in one discipline will help that. Um, and I know you said you're going to receive uh, the jersey in the mail. Like, does that feel? I presume that feels very different compared to when you win the, the national time trial championships, where you, you get a proper presentation. Whereas yeah. Like... Yeah, that one also felt a bit weird because there was no, there were no spectators allowed. Allowed, so okay, <laughs> we're standing gosh. there with like five photographers, and and that was it. But at least you hear the national anthem and. And later in the year, I also won the road title, and there were some people allowed, so it mm. felt a bit more like uh, how it should be. Yeah, like I assume. Well, where did you actually race from when you did the the worlds? Uh, from just my living room. <laughs> how does that feel? Because technically, you're in New York, in this sort of Central Park versus like meets futuristic like yeah the original plan was that we uh, would come together with the dutch team at one location and but we did some tests there the day before and the connections were not stable enough so we didn't want to take the risk to race there and we decided to race all from our homes yeah so you mentioned like potential dodgy connections like how does that happen um in racing a lot and like has anything like that happened to you? Um, yeah, with my, if I use my, the setup that I always use, like then, then it's okay. But if I change my setup, like I take my laptop instead of the PC, then sometimes I have connection problems. So I was a bit scared of going somewhere else and another Wi-Fi network and. Yeah, but if it's not if it's not stable and you you're there with ten people, ten trainers, and a lot of connections going on at the same time. Mm. Yeah, like, is it or is there a fear of like, what happens if you get a phone call? Like in a road race, you probably aren't taking your phone with you, or you know you're leaving it in your team bag. Like at home on a trainer, like I assume you have your phone nearby. Like, yeah, but I have it. Uh, on flight mode, so okay. <laughs> yeah, um, I've, I also found it interesting to see like you had a, a sort of mini support team um, with you. Like, it, who was involved and like, did they have any specific roles or were they just cheerleading? Um, yeah, my boyfriend was there and he uh, did the power ups and some, and he had um, he was messaging with uh, with coach a bit, the Dutch federation coach so if there was any tactical but yeah it wasn't really necessary because there were no groups ahead or something but if there had been then 
they had contact. Um, and the other one was a photographer. She, she, the plan was that she should come to the place where we were with the whole team, but then she came to my house. Oh, wow. So, yeah, <laughs> just two people. I mean, she picked well, um, given there's, yeah. what, you know, four or five of you that she could have gone to um, and she went for you. So, I mean, that worked out well. I did actually notice that, yeah, um, when watching it back, like some of the riders had music, which obviously is not something that you can just um, put on the road. You know, you can't just whack some headphones on. Like, do you use anything to sort of keep you motivated on the trainer or do you just go, you know, the sole focus is the race. I don't care what else is going on because I've got a screen, I've got people with me. Like, oh, I really like to have music on. I have a Swift playlist with the good beats and yeah. yeah. Who's on your playlist? Uh, oh, so many different things and really bad songs. And it's just if I hear something and it's I think oh this is good for Swift, then I put it in there. But I would never listen to this playlist if I was not on Swift. So really, it's not something I put on if I'm in the car or something. What's the most embarrassing song that you've got on there? Yeah, I'm thinking there's some Dutch really bad <laughs> songs, uh, so you wouldn't know them. Um, yeah, things like, um, let me think, uh, I don't even know how they're called. Uh, <laughs> I often also don't know the, the artist or the the name of the song, I just hear, hear it during something else and then I save it. And... Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that must be quite a privilege to get, though, like having music to keep you motivated. Um, and, yeah, it you know, really helps me. Yeah, gosh. Um, so I guess, like, what are your plans now? Um, you know, you've achieved your one goal of, of becoming world champion like what are your next goals are you going to stay on swift and sort of defend next year or are you going um, well i've completed that you know yeah i i definitely want to defend it of course but for now the focus is on the road again because the season really starts now and i really want to do well in the road races hmm. to maybe get a world tour team so focus is on the road now and I will do Swift where it fits in the program. Yeah. I got you. Um if I can rewind a little, um I did mean to to mention this earlier and kind of went ahead and, and talked about uh Zwift a lot. Um back in September you, you made a, a Twitter post um basically showing your your um power numbers and some key results like um winning one of the stages of Ras Namban, um, getting third on GC there, being the Dutch time trial champion, like, uh, and all that was like, yeah, searching for a team. Like, how did it feel like putting yourself out there and being like clearly very talented, but not having a team? Like, yeah, it was really hard to get a team because we were not allowed in UCI races last year. And I did some good races, but the teams were not there to see it. And yeah, then you have a result, but they can't see how strong you raced. And 
the by the time my races started, the teams also were kind of full already because my season only started in June, July, July, I think. Mm-hmm. But I thought, yeah, I don't, I, I have to find a UCI team actually because on the club level, I, and I didn't like the races that much anymore because I was just the strongest and yeah, it's not really challenging then. Yeah. And I, yeah, I had, I had already asked a lot of teams, but they were all full. And then I thought, yeah, I just put it online and I will see if it works. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it seems to have worked. You ended up with the IBCT team and, and that got you into Les Amans yesterday. So, yeah, um, I have a better race program at least now. So now I can maybe make the next step because I have now a race program. I can race in the same races as the World Tour teams. Hmm. So I hope this helps for the next step. Yeah, like was there ever a stage like where you thought, oh, I don't know whether, because you said you, you're too strong for, for club riding, but there weren't teams available. Like, did you ever think, should I stop cycling or would that never enter your, your head? Um, it, yeah, I don't know. It was a bit difficult because I really thought, yeah, another season like this with, without UCI races. Yeah. I'm, I don't really like it this way. And the club team I was on was usually allowed in UCI races because, but because of the pandemic it changed and, yeah, I, I thought if they are allowed again in UCI races, then it would be okay. But it was really unsure. So, yeah, it was a bit hard. Mm. Yeah, and I, I guess, like, obviously, you, you've raced in Ireland. You've raced, you know, um, more locally as well. Like, does it feel different riding in different countries? Because like, a lot of the time it will be the same peloton. But, uh, um, yeah, the riders are the same, and but it's every country have has its own specific, I don't know, things. <laughs> um, of course, in the Netherlands, you, it's it's mostly flat, and the wind has a big role in it. And I liked the races in Ireland mm. with uh, the climbs, but not too long. Yeah, like 10 minute climbs or something. Um, yeah, I'm also racing Ardesh this year, I think, and that's a lot of climbing. And I, I'm very <laughs> curious to see how that uh, will be. I've, I've never done a race with real climbing, like Ireland was most climbing, I think. I think. Oh, wow. So, that, like, obviously, as fans, certainly a lot of us quite like seeing echelons um, due to the wind. Are you sort of, how do you feel about that as a rider? Is that something you enjoy or do you go, oh my God, that's no. windy? <laughs> I don't, I don't like the action on races. No, not at all. So, so do you think that fun. like yeah. fans are kind of sadistic because we're like, great, it's windy. Yes. yes. I like okay. to, I like to watch action on races myself as well, but it just, it, it looks, it looks nice on TV. Mm. But it's, yeah, it's not nice to be in. It's a fight for the, for the positions. And 
I'm just, I don't like the, the fighting for positions and I'm not the biggest rider. So I'm, it's not in my, uh, yeah, it's not really my thing to race the flat Rindy approach. Thank you for all these uh, answers so far. Uh, the l last question is kind of a little offbeat um, uh, and a bit more left field. Um, but if you were to be any food, like what would you be and why? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, just something like like myself. It's like an apple pie or something. Oh, that's a good People choice. People horror to it, so that's a good thing, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a good solid choice. And it's fruit, I mean, so it's kind of healthy. Yeah, but I mean, if you choose like a sports gel, no one looks forward to it. You just eat it because it's needed. Yeah, so yeah, that's a very functional food. Choose something which is nice and looking forward to it. So. Wow, brilliant. Yeah, well, thank you um, for your time. I hope the jersey arrives soon uh, and yeah. you can get everything validated. Um, and yeah, I, I wish you good luck in, in your races. Yeah, thank you. You've been listening to Quickly Podcast, your daily microdose of pro cycling news and results. You can find us across social media at Quicklink Pod, or you can contact us by emailing show at quicklinksports.com. Share the show, and we'll be back with you tomorrow. Bye now.